What's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. It's your boy, Jevin LeFave. You know where to follow me on Instagram, at Jevin.LeFave, on Twitter, at Jevin LeFave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Left Side Heavy underscore. Today, I am bringing on a very, very special guest from the TikTok world, Michael Bartner. He is... You can find him on TikTok and Instagram at MB on Hockey. He is a very awesome guy. We had a good conversation. We talked about Giannis and the Bucks taking home the championship. We talked about the Kraken expansion draft, if they took the right players. We dove deep into all the trades that happened so far within the last week. It's been absolutely outrageous in the NHL world. So we go full on deep. In the NHL offseason, right at the beginning, with UFAs starting on Wednesday, we go very deep into, not very deep, but we talk about the top five free agents as well, and maybe where we see him landing, maybe a good contract length and um, salary. Like, we, uh, it was a very, very good conversation with him. So... Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. Be sure to follow on all platforms. Share it to anyone you know, anyone you think that would enjoy it. And we're at around, like, we're at around, like, 35 ratings. So you guys have been sending them in. The giveaway really helped. I really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving me. And for that... Be sure to enjoy this episode, and uh, Tom, bring us in. It's episode 48 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Jevin LaFave. Today, I welcome on a very special guest from the TikTok world and the Instagram world. He, You can find him giving some hot takes, his opinions, all sorts of that jazz. Michael Bartner, thank you for joining the show today. Dude, I am so excited to be here today. A lot has gone down in the hockey news. So I kind of want like on TikTok, it's only like a minute, maybe three minutes. So the fact we can kind of dive into it here, I'm looking forward to it. Dude, so much has happened because last episode, um, I recorded it the night of game six between Milwaukee and Phoenix. So not a lot happened around there. And we just recorded a specifically Euro podcast and a lot has happened, so I'm very excited to get to- uh, started nope. and talking about it. But um, I have a couple questions just about you, man. So, shoot, you're shoot. Uh, you know you're a new you're a Long Island guy, from what I've heard. Yeah, um, go Islanders, go Islanders. Yeah, your Isles have been amazing the past few years. But um, just like the TikTok world and stuff like that, how did you get started through that? What do you kind of do behind the scenes? And yeah, just like kind of what's your story with that and how you got started. 
Yeah, I started actually doing basketball first, but then the basketball community on TikTok and just in general is like so toxic. And I've always loved hockey as well. So I shifted over to hockey and it's just it's just so interesting because you can hear your voice and not like say like Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. It's so hard to go like viral on like those applications. But one TikTok, you can get like 100K. So it's like a lot more way to amplify your voice and it's just fun. I just shoot the shit for like an hour a day filming bullshit TikToks. I just enjoy it a lot. Have you got any like absurd comments or takes in your comment section? Just like, dude, dude, if if, if I cared what people said in my like t- t- like comment section, I'd probably be hanging from my ceiling fan. Dude. <laughs> you get so much hate on this shit, like especially especially the Canadians. Your people, like oh, Canadians yeah. fans, Leafs fans, like I say one bad thing. The amount of times I get called either a Canadians fan or Leafs fan just because I talk bad about one of those teams is unreal. They're so yeah. passionate. I love it, but sometimes it's tough it's it's almost like uh kind of hiding in the crowd with me being a canucks fan because canucks media is probably top three worst in the entire nhl canucks media like as soon as jim benny makes one bad trade it's like all hell is breaking loose which is majority of the time but no canucks media is it's it's brutal out there so but um but anyways, yeah, no, I'm happy to have you on, and let's let's uh, talk about some major sports news that's happened in the last week or so. Mm-hmm. But so I brought you on for majority hockey, but today we're gonna get started on uh, the hard floor, as some people say. Yep. Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks take down the Phoenix Suns in six games. The Bucks winning four straight, nearly a gentleman's sweep. What an unreal series for Giannis Chris Middleton played the way he needed to in order for Milwaukee to win give me your two cents on Milwaukee taking home the chip this year in my opinion it was just the more experienced team you saw starting out the the Suns come out like hot shot shooting all the way but then once the Bucks found out how to beat them it was like honestly after they won game three I was like they're winning in six there because they got obviously have the best player on the court. And yeah, once Middleton and drew holiday, as long as they play like half decent, they were easily winning that series. And I mean, Chris Paul, I, I love him to death, but he choked a couple of those games. I'm not going to lie, especially with the couple of turnovers at the end. But yeah, I wasn't shocked at all at the bucks one, but it was, a, it was a surprisingly good series compared to last year's the Lakers versus heat was a total snooze fest. This was definitely a, a step up for the NBA. No, yeah, because you have the Suns and four guy bringing the energy, and then Phoenix goes. Phoenix <laughs> goes up to nothing, yeah. so it's almost like, is it going to be Suns and four again? But yeah. you know, they take that clutch game. Game game three was a turning point. They had that was a must win for them. If they lost that game, then it's a completely oh, yeah, different so. series. Yeah. But um, no, Giannis game six, fifty points, fourteen rebounds, five blocks, sixteen for twenty five from the field. 17 for 19 from the free throw line. Just he one of the best finals performances definitely ever played. But um, what do you think was like the X factor in the series and kind of what pushed Milwaukee to ultimately take the dub? I mean, they just didn't have anybody that could guard Giannis. They were throwing like DeAndre Aiden out there. And I'm sorry, DeAndre Aiden just isn't quick enough or coordinated enough to cut to to keep up with Giannis. And the Giannis slander is really weird, in my opinion, because yeah. They, they say, oh, he can't shoot, he can't shoot. No one was saying that when, like, Shaquille O'Neal was dominating in the 2000s. You know what I'm saying? Like, it works. 
it clearly it works. He just won a title. I don't get why he's he's been my best player in the world since he won like the MVP in 2019 because he's such a dominant two way player and there's just so much slander around him and I'm happy that hopefully for the most part it got put in away with this series. Yeah, it's because I think the only reason why people might say that is because of how much the game has changed. That shooting is such a huge factor. And like just the way like the six, 15, 16 Warriors just changed that. Like yeah, definitely the amount of threes that they're banging and a lot more big men are being able to stroke it. Kind of like what you saw in this series, like Brooke Lopez, he was money from behind Brooke the line. Lopez. And he's he's a center. Nikola Jokic, he can stroke from three. And Bede, he occasionally yeah. has that odd he like hot streak where he's just banging by um behind the three-point line and then like some forwards that are like sneaky good you obviously know the lebrons and stuff but even jay crowder he can catch a hot streak so i think why people might slander Giannis is just because a lot of people can and hey he's just yeah. a little bit inconsistent from behind yeah. the three and like around the mid-range yeah, but if, if if like that that's scary in my opinion. Yeah. he's already so dominant. I know, and he has room to improve. Yeah, like and, and the best part was everybody's like, because he missed what was it game five? He missed like they ended up winning, but he missed those two free throws. Yeah, so he was like, oh, the free throws. What did he shoot? Fifteen to sixteen from the line in game six. Like he shot ninety five percent. Seventeen like, for nineteen. Yeah, yeah, it was unreal. Like yeah, and people people slayed him, and yeah, it's it's not going to work. Like sometimes he will have horrible games like that, but again, he's the best player in the league, in my opinion, and can only get better. Only 26. It could be like a rain for the bucks. In my opinion, the fact that he has back-to-back -back MVPs, defensive player of the year, most improved player finals, like a chip and a finals MVP. And he's 26 years old is just scary yeah. for what has yet to come. Yeah. I think he's already like, if, if he just never wins a title, he's going to be, I think, top 30 all time. Like, I, I don't know. Easily. Like, James Harden. Easily. Like, Easily. That, that resume is on. Like, Patrick Ewing doesn't even have that resume. Like, it's, it's already all time stuff. He has like a career ending injury, like, first game of the season. He's a Hall he, of Famer. Yeah. He's, no in, he's a Hall no of doubt. Famer. He's Literally like an no all time doubt. legend just because yeah. of what he's already brought to the table. Yeah. At the age of 26. Yeah, it's, dude, Yao Ming, Yao Ming made the Hall of Fame. Giannis making it easy. Oh, That's yeah, easily. <laughs> but um, what do you think's next for the Suns? Because this was a huge series. And, like, does Chris Paul come back? Devin Booker obviously took a big step this year. Can he continue that? Aiton needs to be signed. Like, all that sort of stuff. What do you think's next for them? It's tough because you you hear and the Lakers Lakers fans are delusional as shit. Don't get me wrong, but like you start hearing like, oh, he's going to the Lakers. But if I'm Chris Paul, I'm kind of just riding out with them. You have you never know with AD and LeBron with their health. Like just stay with the Suns. I'd personally stay with the Suns because they're only better. They're young big three of Bridges, Booker, and Aiden have potential. I, I don't think they're like a dynasty, but they should easily be a top four team in the West again. I wouldn't. Obviously, they didn't win it, but if it's don't if it's not broke, don't fix it. I think they should just run it back. Maybe make a couple of depth. These you had Frank Kaminsky playing like serious minutes in like game six. Like improve the depth, and then I think you have a real shot to repeat the success that you had this year. Yeah, I think depth scoring was huge for them. I think they just need to kind of solidify that a bit more. Definitely. And yeah, I it just depends on what number Chris Paul wants because I don't think he's worth like 90 mil over like 
four years. Like that's just like I don't know. Like yeah, yeah he brings a lot, the, but the it's year, just like the years are bad. Yeah, the the price tag is going to be the deciding factor because he was valuable, but it, at what cost? Like, are you going to be in cap hell because he's yeah. he's like, how old is he? Like, thirty six, I want to say. Yeah, like he's but... mid thirty, so it's like, how much? How, like, how long is he going to be this effective? Because you saw him in the last few games, he's either playing hurt or he was just kind of, you saw it. Yeah, he always slow. he always breaks down. It seems like the Rocket series he had. Hurt. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but, um, yeah. I, I'd give him, I'd give him like definitely one year, 30, whatever. But yeah, once three, four, then when like, that's going to be when Booker and Aiden hit their prime and you're going to be paying a kind of washed up Chris Paul max money. That That's not ideal. Yeah. <sighs> Got to get that iced coffee, but no, because we were saying with the Bucks that it wasn't just Giannis, like Middleton came up clutch with some, Oh, like prime MJ performances. And then you yeah. see Drew Holiday, he was bringing, like bringing it on defense. He was like not letting Booker or Chris Paul pass him, especially on the perimeter. But I just want to go over like Middleton, that clutch shot to go up six in game six with like just under a minute left over Booker. He was like fading away coming from the right yeah. side. When that went in, I... I'm like, yeah, now it's for sure oh, it's over. over. Yeah, no. No, Middleton, Middleton, like, Middleton gets shit, or, like, Giannis gets shit because Middleton, like, seems to take, like, the game-winning shot. And, I mean, it's definitely, like, a beta move, but, like, he always seems to come up clutch, so you're not yeah. going to, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And, like, he has more of the perimeter game to create his own shot versus, like, you know, last second of a game if Giannis has a ball in his hands he's not pulling a step back three to win the game yeah. it's a lot more easy to guard so yeah I've seen a lot of criticism for that yeah but yeah Middleton so clutch throughout the playoffs no yeah it was uh it was an awesome final very entertaining and um how do you think Bucks um uh, come in next year like how do you think it'll play up because obviously the Nets will be healthy Lakers yeah. will be healthy Shit. Golden State might even they're they're getting clay back. Yeah. Death the, is the thing, Steph. Like Yeah, the thing with the Nets is like they're gonna be healthy, but all three of their players are such injury life. Like, like I wasn't I was shocked that two of them went down, but if you said one of them would have went down, I would have been like, Yeah, sure, because Kyrie, KD, Harden, they always have injuries. So like people are saying, like, when the Nets are healthy next, that's a big if. But yeah. yeah, in terms of the Western Conference, yeah, Lakers should be a lot better. Warriors, but I mean, if they run it back, they should be a two seed. They should be top three in odds to win the title. Yeah, uh, they can't really make any massive moves to cap space, but I don't think yeah, they, they need they, to. I yeah, think yeah, maybe no. just like a couple depth pieces. But they got Drew yeah. Middleton and Giannis on locked up, not, yeah. yeah, non-expiring contracts, and it obviously worked in the postseason because yeah. you maybe you maybe get some ring chasing vets or something like yeah. Something. Like, like even, that. yeah, just depth oh. pieces, I think. And I'm sure with them seeing what Milwaukee did, that they're not going to be asking for a ton of money in free agency. It's just because yeah. Giannis, Middleton, and Drew brought a winning culture this year with the help of bench players. But that's what it takes to win, right? So Definitely. it'll be very exciting to see what happens with the Bucks and the entire NBA next year. But the NHL. Yeah. Now, this is an exciting time of the year because the expansion draft, the entry draft, free agency, rookie signings, trades, contract, e 
shit is going down my friend and big time, big time. we will start off with the biggest headline and i'm sure that was seattle expansion draft you know a lot of maybe some questionable uh players drafted maybe they should have swung one way rather than the way they went but some notables uh mark giordano uh jordan eberly chris dreger uh adam larson brandon tan of some solid players but what was the big thing that you took away from the expansion draft yeah i i don't really know what ron francis was doing because he it he seemed to go young but young and like unproven yes some vets but like he was taking guys like i think lazan like stuff like like 23 year olds that haven't proven shit i get you want to go kind of young but I didn't really get it. I thought they would have made a lot more. You, you saw with Vegas, they got like a ton of first round picks, ton of assets. And Seattle really just walked away with this as like probably a bottom 10 team, not a lot of assets. I It was very, very weird. Jordan Everly definitely hurt the loss. The loss definitely hurt. And we'll see what they do in free agency because they do have like 20. If they want to go make the playoffs, they're in the Pacific, which is so weak. So if they go sign a Landis Cog, Dougie Hamilton, yeah, they can make the playoffs, but. I really did not like their draft. I really did not like it. Because my thing is, is like, I didn't hate it because I can see what he was doing. There was some, like, on paper, I think their team looks better than what Vegas did after the expansion draft. On paper. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people are going to play recency bias because, oh, Vegas did it better because they went to the finals. But not one person was ever expecting them to even fucking make the playoffs after the expansion yeah, William draft. Carlson rips 43 goals. The first yeah. Year. No one's predicting that. Yeah. So on paper, I like Kraken's team better because, you yeah. know, they got some decent young talent. They got Hayden Fleury. They got, McCann. um, yeah, McCann. Don, yeah. Uh, fuck, I'm missing. Um, Susie's a decent player. He's a good rough and tough guy. Like, I like some yeah. of the guys that they got, but yeah, it's just they didn't necessarily get a ton of assets. But I mean, I like Dreger. I think he was almost taken. He's like that fringe, solid number yeah. one goalie. You might yeah, have the, those. The fact he, they got Vanacek too. I, I yeah. think they can be a really good tandem. Because Vanacek, Van, I thought yeah. they should have. They should have probably protected Samsonov or left Samsonov exposed over Vanacek. That kind of surprised me. Like, obviously they're not like a great, but as a tandem, they're probably like middle tier in the nhl it's pretty solid no i i completely in whole i'd put him above um my team vancouver like i think I that demko demko's well dead. i think demko's the better of the four but vanichek yeah. and dreger like yeah, hold, i think hold, we gotta hold you back yeah but i think <laughs> i i have more trust like say dreger's a starter and yeah. demko I'm taking Demko over Jeter, but I'm taking Vanacek over Holpe. Yeah, definitely. That kind of thing. So, like, on the off night for the starter, I'm taking the Seattle tandem more than Vancouver. But, I mean, I think all in all, Kraken should have got a bit more assets in terms of picks and stuff. Maybe it's been like, we'll give you this pick if you don't take this player, which I I thought was going to be leaked within right after the roster freeze. Yeah, Or... It's very weird. Yeah, but um, I think their one trade was like Tyler Pitlick to like the Flames for like a fourth. It was yeah. Like, what? What? But what is that? Yeah. Yeah, I honestly think they should have gotten Tarasenko and then traded him. Because yeah, I mean that's tough because Vince. Yeah, they probably could have got good assets, but 
Vince Dunn's a pretty, he's like 24. Yeah. He can be solid with Giordano, a solid top pairing guy. I, I, I would have taken Tarasenko, honestly, just to be like the face of the franchise, like sell tickets yeah. again. And like, because he's a pretty well-known player. Like they're going to be rolling out who like Mark Giordano on like the season ticket holder stuff. <laughs> like, I, I don't think yeah. that sells nowadays. Jonas Donskoy. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon Everly, the stud himself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought, I thought that was, I thought the done pick was pretty solid because I saw a report that, um, like a bunch of teams were telling Seattle, like if you take Tarasenko, we'll trade for him only if you retain salary. Yeah. And I just don't think Seattle wanted to start off yeah, with that. So that's probably, yeah. So that's probably why they didn't. And honestly, $30 million in cap space is very attractive so yeah. i think they can really they're attack gonna yeah they're going to be active and like you said earlier they can really be a solid playoff team if they yeah. um get a big guy but mccann he wasn't protected they decided to go you know risk it because it was either take mccann or kerfoot they obviously wanted yeah. the centerman but what did you think about mccann not being protected because they just traded for him I thought it was it was pretty damn stupid. I, I think it was because they wanted to protect Justin Hole, their right their right-handed defenseman, but McCann's McCann was the perfect like the defense wasn't why they lost to Montreal. It was they got shut out in game seven. Like it was they didn't have offense. secondary scoring. Yeah, it's like their defense, even if they lost Hall, is still three borderline number one guys in solid, like McDermott solid. Like McCann was would have been the perfect either third line center or you throw him on Tavares or uh, Matthew's wing. It would have been perfect. He could have easily been a, he's I think he had like 31 points in 40 games this year in yeah. Pittsburgh. Like I was shocked when they got him for 7th and Hollander. I'm like Dubis like stud, like great deal and then just used it as like protection. Like I guess he he was the only one that made a trade to protect his team almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He traded for McCann, a pretty good uh, prospect in Philip Hollander just yeah I, I hated it i hated it yeah it was very interesting but i i like mccann as a player it makes me sad that he was a canuck and we just gave up on him too early yeah, that was tough. That was tough. it's it's very tough because he he's just a solid like top nine forward he can play up and down like yeah. really really good third line player i think he can even be a second line no i i totally yeah. agree but just like if your lineup's deep enough he could be a third line player yeah. very good but yeah, it makes me sad that we gave up on him so early. But another thing, uh, JVR. I thought he was a player that would have got picked up after a yeah. good season in Philly, maybe bring some veteran presence to the team. Um, were you surprised that he was left off? Yeah, who who did they end up taking from Philadelphia? It was some like it was a very AHL yeah, yeah. Like I, I guess it makes sense because the cap space, I think he had two more years at seven million and well, I think he was wor- he's been worth it for like the past two years. Maybe if you're Ron Francis, you think I can go pay like Blake Coleman four million dollars and some second pairing defenseman three million, and it'll be a better use of my funds. But yeah. yeah, again, like if clearly they're not trying to go in that if they took him, it would have been like an all in move to win now. But clearly they're trying to see their situation and not win now. I guess. No, yeah, it's definitely uh interesting option but i can totally see that saying like let's use the money elsewhere let's just get like an ahl guy just to fill our farm team kind of thing and maybe who knows he's a hidden gem but uh what's your best sleeper pick 
best sleeper pick. Not to put you on the spot, but I think I think Hayden Flurry was a good pick out of uh, Anaheim. Totally agree with you there. Yeah, totally I think, agree. I don't think he's gonna be like a solid number one, but he could be a good. How old is he? Like 22, 23? Yeah, around there. I, I yeah, I was looking up his advanced stats, and it's very good, like expected goals and all that. So I think he can he can walk in there and be in their top four, and possibly develop into a top pairing guy. No, I uh, I hope so, but um. Moving on, the expansion draft I do think was a success, and uh, there's a few buyouts that happened. Um, four that I've written down. I'm sure there may have been a couple more, but uh, Ryan Suter and um, Zach Parise were bought out by Minnesota. They both signed a 13-year, $98 million contract like years ago. I I think it was like 2012, 2013 or something like that. It was signed and they, um, yeah, seven and a half million dollar average. They had four years left and they were each bought out of it. Same contract or they had two years left, but they'll be paying them for the next four. But, uh, I'm not surprised by the Parise buyout, but I'm kind of surprised by the Suter buyout because Suter's still kind of a solid vet to have on the team. And Like from stories I've heard that he was even surprised that he was bought out. Yeah, he was kind of pissed. That. He was like, he thought it was a joke. I think Perez yeah. like called him or something and he thought it was a joke. So yeah. Yeah. So that definitely surprised me. But what are your two cents on this situation? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because supposedly Kaprizov is going to get like 9 million. They got to resign Eric Halla. Uh, no, Kevin Fiala. My bad. Uh, not Eric Halla. Eric Halla's a bum. Um, Kevin Fiala. So, so it makes sense in the short term, but yeah, they're going to be paying them for, they're going to have so much dead cap in like those final, I think it's like 2 million added together 4 million. So it's definitely a bold move, but I kind of respect it because they're kind of in win now mode. You got guys like Zuccarello Spurgeon in their thirties. You definitely have the young core, like Kaprizov and all that, but they were, they took Vegas to game seven. Like they're close. They're a lot closer than people realize to getting to that next level. So if you free up, I think they free up like 10 million next season alone in cap space. So I think it's a good deal. It could end up being horrible, but right now it's a good move. And with news that they're in, they're like in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes right yeah, now. Yeah, so I, it's just, I think, I think they might get him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a matter if that's going to happen. And they also brought in Erickson Eck, which he could be a possible Selkie candidate within the next yeah, few years. Not. They got him for a bargain, in my opinion, just over five a year for the next eight. But yeah, I was surprised by the Suter one. Not so much the Parise one because he's gotten scratched a few times. But uh, a couple more. Um, Keith Yandel was bought out by the Florida. Panthers. He signed a seven-year, forty-four million dollar contract, uh, just over six a year. Um, he had two years left on his deal, but this one was kind of a lot of people were suspecting just because of being healthy, scratched in the playoffs and all of that. But uh, what's your opinion on Keith Yandel as a player and being bought up by Florida? Yeah, I mean, if you're Florida, again, you're also kind of in win now mode, so it makes yeah. sense. But I think I think he'll be a good add for another team, just as if you could just throw him out there for like 17 minutes a night, have, have him be your top panel, a power play guy. And just when he's out there for even strength, just have him like sheltered with like a good defensive defenseman. I think he can be a really good fit somewhere. Yeah. A lot of people thinking since he's a Boston native, maybe going to Boston yeah, on I, a cheap deal. Yeah. And I totally see that happening. I'd be kind of upset if it didn't just to see Yandel in a Boston Jersey. It'd be kind of cool, yeah. but 
Yeah, it's going to be limited options for him because he's kind of a liability defensively, but definitely, definitely. he's he's good at running a PP and Boston's power play. They haven't necessarily had the best quarterback to run it. Yeah, Mac. Yeah, they, they, Mac they don't throw McAvoy out there, so yeah, it's like yeah. Back yeah, so 100%. Even if you just play on limited minutes, like third D-paired and just throw him up for power play, I think yeah. for on a limited use, he could be useful. But uh, Jake Furtanen, thank God. <laughs> that, he was bought out. Yeah. He signed a two-year, $5 million contract last year. He had one year left at just over two and a half. Yeah. This guy was so yeah. bad. He was, he was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, he was terrible, and they Ian McIntyre, Vancouver beat writer, said it wasn't for legal reasons; it was for yeah. hockey oh, reasons. Oh yeah, he saw he sucked this year too. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's complete bullshit. Legal reasons definitely play into it. Yeah, but he also just sucked as a player, and it was like he had no spot on the team. I yeah. we decided to sign him or like qualify him. Instead of giving to a contract, for yeah, like forty-eight goal paces, <laughs> it's yeah. it's so frustrating. Vertanen Ver, had five points this year. Yeah, yeah his, like, his his previous season was such a fluke. Like if you looked into like the expected goals and stuff, he was like a fourth liner, like equivalent. Like it was barely it was that too. Barely. Yeah. Like people are saying, oh, Vertanen had a career year. Oh, what do he have? 36 points it's yeah like, let's lock him up after that yeah what a player it was sixth overall pick right there like yeah he had he had so much hype yeah oh, they, they just like i feel like vancouver fans just like they they knew it wasn't legit but they wanted to believe it so bad you know what i'm yeah. saying it's like you've been waiting for this guy for so long that like there's finally at least a glimmer so you're obviously gonna be more inclined to think it's legit than actually think and realize he's not that good yeah I do think maybe a change of scenery, he could be somewhat successful on a new team. I do yeah. believe that change of scenery can help, but I mean, he was just terrible. He had a lot of tools, but no toolbox. He was fast. Like, yeah. He had the size. He had a nice shot, but his IQ was below zero. Yeah. And it was just, it was a lie, but he dumped it in on a three on two with P, uh, Pedersen and Besser. And I saw them just change right away. It's like, okay, odd man rush, and you're dumping it in with the two best players on our team. You don't belong here. Yeah. But Jimmy Benning called called in the buyout after that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But um, moving on, uh, Landeskog is kind of having a contract dispute, but we'll uh, touch on that later. Um, big Peke Rene retirement. Uh, yeah. big, honestly, like unreal goalie of the last like decade he um called it a career he uh won the vesda in 2017 2018 and he was a king clancy winner last year 2020 2021 um honestly like do you have any like memorable moments of this guy pekka because he was one of the best goalies like a few years ago like top of the game yeah I mean, it's like when I think of the Nashville Predators, I think of Pekka Arena. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. been like the solid, like he, he didn't have like the highs of like a Mark Andre. He's always been consistently like a top 10 goalie through and throughout. You know what you're getting with him. And it, it's a shame to see him leave, but also like UC Soros looks good. I'm big on him. I think he's already a top 10 guy. So they're, no, they're in good hands. Yeah. They're literally passing the baton to another stud. 
Literally, if you see Sorrow played at his pace that he ended the season on, like regular season dude, on, he was on he, my fantasy team, dude. He put the team on his ball yeah. back, dude. Yeah, he could have. It was unreal. He, he could have been a Vesna guy if he just yeah. oh, if he would, played on that pace all season. I would have nominated him over Grubauer, no doubt. Yeah, yeah I would have still nominated him over Grubauer. Grubauer got the easiest job in the league. I think. I, I disagree. I think Grubauer is a Vesna guy this year. I think he deserved it. His stats deserved it, but Colorado's so loaded. You can also say you can say the same thing about Vegas with Flurry and Vassy with Tampa. Like I know Vassy's a different breed, but Tampa's (laughs) also loaded. So it's like yeah, no, it's definitely true. So it's like Grubauer. Grubauer did his job. Like if he had shitty stats on a good team, then it's like, but he had the wins. It's like okay, now you don't deserve it. But it's like if you led, if you're top of the league in like save percentage and shutouts and stuff, then. There's only yeah, so much fair, you fair. could do, but uh, mm-hmm. let's do. Do you want to do the entry draft, the trade central, or free agency? You pick as the guest. Where do you want to go with this? So let's go. Let's get into the trades because there, the there trades. was a lot of like hot, ta- oh, hot takes. Yeah. yeah, there's a this... lot of them, and they were bold to say the least. Yeah. They were bold to say the least. So I got. Like all the way back to the Keith trade because I haven't talked about that yet. Oh yeah, sure. So I'll kind of work in order and like I'll touch on every single one, but I'll focus more on bigger ones. Definitely. But um so everyone knows of now to Edmonton was Duncan Keith and Tim Soderlund. And going back to Chicago was younger brother of defenseman Seth Jones. Caleb Jones and a third round pick, no salary retained on Chicago's side for Duncan Keith. Thoughts on this trade? Because Keith is a 38 year old defenseman making five and a half for, I think, two more years. Two more years, yeah. Give me your two cents on this one. It's bad. He he hasn't been a good defenseman for like two years. I get there are intangibles, intangibles that like people look for. Like I'm not like just like a straight number nerd number, like advanced analytics guy, but I'm all for if if they, if he was making like 2 million, if they retain maybe half of it, I could see the, 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 but it's making five and a half million, dude. That's top pair money. Just flush down the toilet. Had a ton of cap space this season. They could have really improved. And your basic, like, they're going to get Hyman, but in terms of defense, their move is literally just going to be Adam Larson out, who had the best year of his career defensively, Duncan Keith in. That is horrible. That's horrible. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you think about it? I, like you said, I think the only way Edmonton sees this as a good trade is that Duncan Keith brings in playoff and like playoff experience and veteran presence to a yeah. team that was lacking it. But other than that, it's just like he has been the same defenseman, obviously. And because I saw a report that uh, people were asking for a, uh, or Chicago was asking for a first round pick in return if they retain salary. That's crazy. So Chicago and, should be giving up a first round pick yeah. to get rid of yeah. the So, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, they, so they got fleeced. Yeah, but that's why they're saying it. it's like if you're if you want us to retain some of his salary, then give us a higher pick. And Edmonton didn't want to do that, so Edmonton decided to pay the full five and a half kind of thing. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a situation. But if I'm Edmonton, I just bring back Larson and keep Keith out because Larson signed for a mil and a half less for yeah. 
Yeah, I just think it was smarter just to keep twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, onto another one. Uh, going back to Colorado was Mikhail Maltsev and a this year's second round pick for defenseman Ryan Graves going back to New Jersey. I think this is a very solid trade for New Jersey. I think they caught Colorado on a point where it's like you guys are either going to lose him in expansion or give us Graves for cheap price. He's a very well defensive defenseman, but quick thoughts on this one. Yeah. I mean, I don't even hate it for Colorado to basically, they would have had to left him, leave him unprotected. So yeah. to get a second round pick is a pretty good return. Yeah. But for New Jersey, you throw him with like Ty Smith, their young offensive defenseman. That could be a really good pair. Yeah. So I like it a lot for New Jersey. You kind of just, caught them at the right time yeah, as you said and didn't have to give up much for a guy that you hope will probably be there for the next like five plus years yeah because graves he brings toughness he brings size and he's just very good defensively but just yeah. don't get don't don't let him shoot from the point anymore into shin pads or else yeah my... <laughs> that vegas series when he had oh. that one dude yeah oh yeah if you play with ty smith ty smith's gotta tell him i'm the offensive yeah ass sits back on defense i shoot back I... from the point but yeah. you, you saw, I'm going to relate this back to the Canucks, but you saw how like Quinn Hughes had his, like his Calder year. Yeah. And he had a defensive defenseman like Chris Tanev yeah. kind of hanging back. So Ty mm-hmm. Smith can really pop off this year. Keep an eye yeah, out for yeah. him. He can yeah, really pop off. Like half a point a game. Yeah. Yeah. But like, even so, like his, he might even look better with the underlying stats this year because he has a solid defensive defenseman, Definitely. Ryan Graves, that could potentially play beside him on the point so that'll be fun to look at but moving on your new york islanders trade nick letty to the detroit red wings for richard ponick and a 2021 second round pick yeah i i I didn't i don't know how we got a second for nick letty that that literally like i i I actually read it and i was like oh we gave up nick letty into second to dump his salary and then i like double take that we got a second like yeah it makes i mean i Detroit maybe wants like the Duncan Keith. They want some leadership, but I don't understand it because they're not remotely close to even contending. So maybe, maybe like Lou like has done some stuff for Stevie Y in the past. It was yeah. like a gentleman's agreement, like something <laughs> behind the scenes, got some blackmail or something. But besides that, yeah, it was a major win for my Islanders. Yeah, I think yeah, getting any sort of pick for a aging defenseman is a Making win. Five and a half next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a win. But um Moving on, this was the very big one that started all of this, in my opinion. Um, to Philadelphia goes Ryan Ellis, and to Nashville yeah. goes Philippe Myers and Nolan Patrick, and then Nashville then flips Nolan Patrick for Cody Glass uh, coming from Vegas. So Ryan, Philly gets Ryan Ellis, Nashville gets Philippe Myers and Cody Glass, and Vegas gets forward Nolan Patrick. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot for Philly. I mean, Ryan Ellis yeah. has been a solid top-pairing guy for, like, the past four years. And you you give up Felipe Myers, who cares? Re- replaceable bottom-pair guy. And Nolan Patrick has th- dealt with a ton of injuries, and no offense, is a bust, like, based on what we've seen. What is he, 22 now? So, you, yeah. you the only reason he has value is because he went second overall at this point. But um, And then with the, with the Cody Glass and Nolan Patrick, I mean – for both of them, just change change of scenery. If you're Vegas, like it hasn't worked with Glass, maybe it'll work with Patrick. I, I still don't think it will, but 
I, that that was kind of minor, like two very overhyped prospects just being swapped. But yeah, overall dub for Philly. Um, Nashville, you should have just got like a first round pick for Ellis. You probably could have got instead of just some bum prospect. But uh, yeah, big, big win for Philly. Because in my opinion, I think Cody Glass didn't really fit the Vegas mold, in my opinion. I just don't think he really works in that system. But I really think he could find some success in Nashville, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna count Cody Glass out yet. Yeah, especially because they're they're going very young. So you yeah, the the thing with Nolan Patrick is if he if he can't succeed there in Philly, like he's not gonna be given like a good opportunity in Vegas. He's gonna be thrown like like their top two lines are so set in stone that like he's gonna be playing with like I don't even know, like Zach like Ryan Reeves on the fourth line. <laughs> like it's, well, it's not a good it's not a good spot for his development. I think Nolan Patrick being a center, I think he can maybe play on the third line. Maybe yeah, I guess I was talking. So, yeah. so just because Vegas is that's the position that they're lacking. So I think yeah. Patrick like sliding at center, he can maybe like play up and down. Like no, it's not going farther than the second line. That's yeah, not what I'm saying. Not, but I think he yeah. could be a solid third line center if he's healthy. It's just like he's got yeah, some he, concussions. Yeah, third line center, but yeah, he's not, he's never gonna reach his second overall. Like if, no. he, if he's a good forty point guy in your third third line, that'll be a massive dub for Vegas. Oh, massive. massive dub. I agree. Um, my Vancouver Canucks acquired Jason Dickinson from Dallas in exchange for a third round pick. I think this is a rare Jim Benning W. Yeah, it's solid. But I just think it's a, it's just a solid third line piece to kind of help. He's a young guy. He yeah. can help with our just our depth and just be a very good defensive player. And nothing crazy, but I just think it's a very solid piece because we got soon to come got rid of our yeah. lot of our uh, lower end players. But yeah, and, and a third round pick really isn't that much no yeah whatever 70th overall like exactly that, that and rare, rarely produces anything yeah um to new york rangers barkley goudreau and going back to tampa a 2022 seventh round pick this is just a salary dump because tampa is like 18 mil over yeah. Yeah, i like barkley right. goudreau as a player we'll talk about his contract pretty soon but i think before the contract it was a good trade for yeah, new york yeah I, I liked it a lot yeah, yeah. um <laughs> To Arizona, Andrew Ladd, <laughs> a 2021 second round pick, a conditional 2022 second round pick, and a conditional 2023 round pick. And what did the Islanders get? Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's tough, but I think he had like three more years left at like five and a half. Like, it's just a, it's just been a contract that's been haunting us for the past whatever years and and the fact that we got the second round from letty made it a lot better easier just to ship some seconds out the fact we didn't have to give up a first honestly is a big dub because we still have that next year to make some moves at deadline so yeah it's great i mean the fact he basically dumped i think like 11 million dollars for essentially a second and a third that yeah. great great work by lou I, I i have no qualms with that yeah uh this one was a huge head like head scratcher uh the detroit red wings acquire alex nadelkovich in exchange for jonathan bernier and a 2021 2021 third round pick this one yeah in my opinion is the biggest like eyebrow raiser jaw dropping trade that i saw this year because nadelkovich just finished 
top three for the Calder this year, goalie of the future, and then he's yeah. traded away for basically nothing, in my opinion. Like, I think his value is way more than Bernie in a third rounder, but what do you got to say about this? So, like, th- he only wanted, I think, $3.5 million, and nowadays in the league, that's, like, good backup money. It's not, like, even yeah. starter money. So to not pay that is just crazy if you're Carolina. Are you going to go with Mrazek or... Rhymer for next year or no Bernier? Wait, yeah, it was Bernier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you're gonna go with Bern. Like that's just such a step back, especially he's your young piece, dude. Him, Aho, Svechnikov should be your young core, and you just trade that away for a third. That's that's crazy. I mean, Stevie Y into the dub. Yeah, Stevie. I don't know how he does it. Like I don't know if he's slipping the other GM something, but he just always finds these W's somehow. But uh, yeah. Alex Ndelkovic, he's got one of the brightest futures in the league, in my opinion, after his rookie year. Like, that was – he he played unreal, good playoff run, and Detroit just got an absolute dub. Uh, shout out Stevie Y. Arizona acquired Shane Gossespair, a 2022 second-round pick and a 2022 seventh-round pick. And going back to Philly is absolutely nothing. Another salary dump. Yep. to Arizona to free up some space. All in all, for Philly to receive Rasmus Ristolainen from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for Robert Hag, this year's first-round pick, 14th overall, and a 2023 second-round pick. Michael, take it away, man. I think it might be the stupidest deal, <laughs> not just the one deal, but the fact that Gothis Bear is probably as you can make a case that he's <laughs> as good or better than Rast as Ristolainen. So you traded a second just to dump him. And he also makes like a million less. And then on the Ristolainen, what was it? 13th, 14th overall pick? That's a high pick. And <laughs> second, like that is criminal for a defenseman that. Don't get me wrong. He's in Buffalo, but he's part of the problem. He's not a victim. Like Jack Eichel's a victim yeah. in Buffalo. Rasmus Delighted is one of the root causes of Buffalo's failure. Can he be better in like a reduced role, not playing 26 minutes a night? Sure, it's possible, but you don't pay a first, a 13th overall and a second for a guy to play 20 minutes a night. You play him, to, you pay, you pay that much to be the franchise defenseman. Bad, bad, horrible, horrible. It, it was something I was like baffled by. I was like, yeah. he, a first and a second? I knew he was going to get a first, but. Not the thirteenth overall pick, like maybe like a late like twenty fifth, like that early is crazy, crazy. Yeah, I was blown away by the haul that Buffalo got for him. Absolute dub by Buffalo. Ken Adams, shout out to you or Kevin Adams, sorry. Um, St. Louis Blues acquired forward Pavel Buchnevich, uh from New York for Sammy Blay in a twenty twenty two second round pick. Um, for the, for the Rangers, I, I really don't like it. I mean, I, I get you're trying to maybe clear cap space for, um, for Eichel, but you gotta be able to get a first for Buchnevich, a 26 year old winger that just had like 46 points in 56 games. Yeah. He's just so good. Advanced analytics. Great. And you can get and all you get is a second rounder from a good team, which is going to be like 50th overall. And Sammy blaze, who is just a glorified bottom six gritty guy. I mean, like I saw something like, is is this in reaction of the Tom Wilson beatdown? Are they just trying yeah. to do it <laughs> possible? Like it's such a stupid. Like you gotta have a mix of grit and skill, not Sammy Blaze. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a stupid deal. 
Yeah, Sammy Blay, I think, is like career high is like 15 points. And, yeah, and he's, I know and he's, 20, he's like just as old as Bucinevich. Yeah. He's younger. Yeah, no, I think you got to keep Bucinevich. I'm sorry. Like, New York, it's your fault for trading away Brendan Lemieux, your only grit that was on the team, and you traded him for peanuts yeah. to LA, which I think you should have kept him because he was like a heavyweight fighter, like Ty Domi. And then yeah. you just traded him away, and now you're looking for toughness, and you're trading away your fourth best scorer on the team. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, asset management needs to be better. Yeah. Also, it's supposed it's supposedly pissed off Panarin and uh, Shosturkin. They're yeah. buddy. Yeah, yeah, it's their boy. They're like blindsided. Yeah, it's Chris Drury has. I've been talking. We've been talking about Stevie Y getting dubs. Chris Drury's been taking uh, fat L's. I've so se- I've been L's. I've been catching up with your Instagram stories. I've seen your L's yeah, on L's he's on L's. A cloud. Yeah. He's a cloud. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Um, this one was a big one for me, and I uh, I really want to get your three cents on this one. Uh, to uh, Vancouver, yeah, this one. to Vancouver, Oliver Ekman Larson and forward Connor Garland in exchange for Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, the ninth overall pick this year, 2022 second round pick, and a 2023 seventh round pick, with Arizona retaining 12% of Ekman Larson's salary which adds up to about a mil and a quarter a year. Mm-hmm. So Vancouver's paying 7 mil of the 8.25 of Ekman Larson's contract for the next six years. They get RFA Connor Garland. So Vancouver basically brings in seven, kicks out 12, but we have the seven for the, probably looking at around 12 for 12. Because Garland, yeah. Garland's going to get at least five. So, I have like a iffy. I keep bouncing back and forth with this because I see a positive and and a negative. I give me your thoughts on it, and then I'll give you mine. Yeah, I, I started out a lot more negative on it. Like I was like, "This is horrible," but I I've kind of come further down to earth. It, it definitely makes them a better team next year. But if you're if you're Vancouver, you're not really trying to like it's you're trying to win now, obviously, but it's not like the window is closing not, in on you. So we're not yes. contending. Yeah, but like yeah, middle of the tech pack playoff team. So like I would have just waited for those contracts to expire instead of just digging yourself into a six-year OEL hole. I mean, don't get me wrong, Connor Garland can be great, but that OEL Connor Garland's greatness for the next five years versus OEL's cap hit and like honestly probably negatively impacting the team. I'm I'm not a big fan. And you guys sent the ninth overall pick, right? Yeah. Yeah, that 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 makes it more of an L, but they're definitely a better team now, probably for the next three years. But again, Vancouver has like a 10-year window with Pedersen and Hughes, like long time. Yeah. I yeah, it's I, I think I'm like, okay, we got Roussel, Beagle, and Erickson out, but then they're done after this year. So yeah, that was a free one 12. Year, one year. But I also love the Connor Garland trade because Definitely. he's a good fit for the top six. And if he can bring over his 25 to 30 goal pace that he was in Arizona, and I think he can definitely get that playing on Definitely. Horvat's line and Hoglander. Yeah, better with better players than, yeah, even in. He, he got 39 points in 49 games last year on a shit Arizona team. <laughs> like, I'm. You can like, be a 65 guy point guy yeah, for sure. Like, I know Canucks finished last, but we also had like 21 guys on the COVID list, like near the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's tough. And yeah. very you inconsistent. Be- you guys were better than the Senators. Even be- I'd say even better than the Flames. Like, like, I think we are a better team than what we 
finished last year. I think we're better better than Arizona. I think our bottom six definitely opens up to get our young guys in. We got Pod Colson coming in. Yeah. Now we got Pearson. We got Dickinson who can take over the three C role. We got Zach McEwen who can fit in on the fourth. It's our defense had holes in it because we were losing Edler. Hamnick's not going to be on a short term. Like I know Ekman Larson is going to be making seven, but I really do think that him going to a team that he's been wanting to go to for a few years now can That's really true. help with morale and a competitive edge within a player. I yeah. know relying on a bounce back season at the age of 30 is a stretch, but if we can, he is able to be bought out because he signed the contract before the age of 30. If we can squeeze out th- three solid years of OEL and maybe yeah. a fourth, like, okay, we can definitely see that we should get rid of you. Maybe we can even get, like, he can go to a contender on, like, give us, we can retain X amount of salary, whatever. Yeah. I I just love the Connor Godlin. If we can get him for a decent price, then I think our top six is very like respectable, because Hogland yeah, Hoglander had a very good rookie year last year. He was voted within Great, yeah. the Canucks awards our most exciting player, because he yeah. did. He brought excitement. We got like I said, Pod Colson coming in healthy this year too. Yeah, exactly. So if we can get Garland, Patterson, and Hughes, we extended their qualifying offers, but also. The Ekman Larson contract isn't that yeah. nice for his age. So I see both sides to it. I've heard that if you were to trade away a first round pick, it would be this draft because it isn't necessarily like yeah. the deepest, but also not it's all, like not all the scouting, yeah. But also it's like it is a first round pick, but it was Dil- it was Dylan Gunther, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had him as like Hon- his prospect. <laughs> Honestly, like if Garland can produce He's only 25. If Garland can bring over what he was doing in Arizona, he's worth the first round pick, in my opinion. Because I just want yeah, to. That's pl- fair, yeah. I want a player yeah, who's solidified and proven. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. but yeah, yeah, I think I, I think with this deal, you guys got better. You guys, it depends on what the Kraken do, but you guys should be the three seed in the Pacific. Like maybe, I, Oilers I are probably still better just because they had McDavid. Vegas, yeah. no offense, are on like another level than you guys. But oh, we don't deserve to be in the same conversation as Vegas. Time. Yeah, we don't deserve to be in the same yeah. conversation as Vegas. Like, no, oh, definitely not. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm surprised we took him to seven yeah. like two years ago. But no, yeah, but, I, but you, you guys should be a playoff team with this move. Yeah, long term Arizona did. wins, but I think short term Vancouver did win this just because yeah. I I just love Garland as a player. I was hoping I was like, me, I wish we had a player like Garland like two years ago, and then. We got him to help out the second yeah. line role with Horvat. So yeah, you guys are finally getting some depth. Yeah. So I'm just I'm I'm happy with it, but also it's like I'm probably gonna be pissed off at this in a couple of years. But yeah, when Dylan Gunther yeah. becomes a forty goal guy, yeah. <laughs> if Garland can consistently put up near thirty goals like he has, Fine, yeah, then I could be happy. And Ekman Larson, you never know a spark could switch and be like, yeah, I'm happy also- now. I'm yeah, in a place, minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in a place where I've wanted to be for a while now. 
And he even said in an interview, he's like, I need to fill my competitive tank up again because I just, I didn't have any motivation in Arizona. So yeah, they've been shit for a while. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if he shows, he's like, Hey, I'm playing with a guy like Quinn Hughes, Pedersen, Besser, my boy Garland is with me. Horvat's a solid player. The Sedins, my boys are within the front office right now. Travis Green is a, he just needs to learn how to use his assets, but he's, I've heard he's like a good player coach, so that could help yeah. boost morale. So you never know with the spark, but I'm excited, but I'm scared, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, this this could be a disaster. Imagine someone like offer sheets Connor Garland, you guys can't pay it. Like worst case scenario, and you guys only get like a first back from like some team that's not like ninth overall. Yeah, it, but no, nah, I, I think, yeah, Gar- Garland's a safe, at least top six guy for the next five years, as long as you guys, yeah, sign. it's not, it's not a disaster. Like, if Gunther becomes a 40 goal guy, like that's just luck at ninth overall. It's not like you're trading the first overall pick for some stud. Like yeah. you're getting a good, a definite good player, a question mark that's overpaid, I'd say. But draft picks, whatever, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I saw on the Sportsnet article 31 thoughts for Friedman, like from Friedman, like Canucks were in the winners category, but I think majority of it was taken up by the Garland asset yeah. coming to Vancouver. So it's only a matter of time. I think you'll only see be able to know a winner and loser like three years from now. Oh, yeah, especially yeah. with the ninth overall pick yeah he's not gonna play in the league for probably yeah. two years exactly but anyways thank you for letting me rant about my vancouver canucks i've been wanting oh, that was fun. i've been I, waiting I love to do that yeah oh my favorite gm by far oh god because you just love to laugh at the shit that he pulls yeah I, I, he's, he just, he's, he's got such a balls to make these big moves i love it how how much did you laugh when you saw canucks sign tyler myers six years six million dollars oh a year god, Dude, the saddest thing was I thought they got a maid with the Nate Schmidt. And then he just like not be like stupid joke, but Nate Schmidt became shit. Like, what the hell? I I think I'm not blaming the year on Nate Schmidt last year. He got COVID early. He was he went from Vegas to a shithole in Vancouver. Like, let's <laughs> be honest. Like, no, but like in terms of like front office management and asset oh, management, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. like Vancouver is an absolute city and it's awesome yeah. living here. But I mean, like when you leave Vegas, you're going to be upset and it just wasn't the right fit. He, he wants out. So hopefully we can get, maybe get like a fourth round pick for him or something like that. And yeah. that's, that's five mil off our books. I don't want any like player coming back just because of cap space. So if we can get five mil off, then I'd be happy. But yeah, he's he'll we'll probably see. be dumb soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, a uh, top three bad um, trade and sign. Um, to Chicago defensive Seth Jones, a twenty twenty one first round pick and a twenty twenty two second round pick. Um, to Columbus, uh, forward Adam Bockwist. A 2021 first, 2021 second, and a 2022 first. And yeah. we, we'll just say it now: Chicago signs Seth Jones to yeah, an eight-year, nine, <laughs> yeah, nine point <laughs> five million dollar average annual value. Take it away, Michael. Yeah, again, like I don't think the trade value—it's definitely an overpayment because 
you shouldn't be paying for Seth Jones after he's had the worst year of his career. That's definitely stupid. And you shouldn't pay him after the worst year of his career. But I think Seth Jones compared to like a Risto or an OEL has the best chance to become, because probably he's the youngest to become like that number one defenseman again. I don't think he will. I think maybe he'll become a top pairing guy in Chicago, but that one probably is the most optimistic. The problem is Adam, Adam Boquist has shown good flashes. He was like the ninth overall pick in 2018. That's yeah. tough. Uh, Two first. I know it was a swap, but that's 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 very steep. But the the real thing with Seth Jones is that the eight years, nine point five million per. That that is a horrible contract. He's immediately the the third highest paid uh, defenseman behind Dowdy and Carlson. Which I mean, those deals are horrible. Now, <laughs> so that tells you. But but even with that, at least those guys prove something. Those guys, Dowdy, like yeah. Norris. Yeah. Carlson had two Norris's like they had a proven track record. How, if you're Chicago, you sign this guy coming off the worst year of his career and say, yeah, nine, 9.5. And the crazy thing is like negotiations. So that means like Seth Jones wanted like 10 and a half to start. That's what I can't remember. He came to yeah. the table. It's like 10 and a half. It's, it's just, it's such a bad contract. I can't see it going past five years until he gets bought out or because, because once Kane and Taser done, done, they're going to have to fully rebuild, especially yeah. after this contract. It's going to be bad. Well, what do you think, though? Um, I liked Seth Jones, but not at nine and a half, especially for eight. Yeah. If it was like a three-year nine and a half, let's figure something out after. Mm-hmm. But I th- I put his value at like seven. Uh, I think he's no yeah, more th- than a seven mil a year. I, I don't mind that. I think six years is a better number for Seth Jones just because How he's 26. He's 26. I thought he was like 24, 25. Yeah, yeah that's. He's 26. So I think six years would be the max I'd go. And then we'll f- look at him when he's like around 30. But I yeah. think eight years, you're really digging yourself a hole, especially at nine and a half. I just don't get out. He, he had yeah. the leverage. It seems yeah, like. I, I don't he understand. Special leverage. He got no. the max term and max AV. Like it's yeah. nuts. I think he might have had the leverage just because. You gave up a shit ton for me, and I could leave after this year. So yeah, yeah. if you're not going to lock me in, then this is you're this right, is number right. one. It's like, yeah, they're like definitely you, a better yeah. team next year. But again, like the it's Central just, Division yeah. is so hard. Like I don't think there's still a playoff team after this. Yeah. I, I have like a bunch of teams ahead of them. Can they be a playoff team? Sure, but you're not. It's not like it's not like Vegas going out and getting Petrangelo to get them over the hump. It's like a below average team try way overpaying. For a below average defenseman last year, it's they're they're hitting the reset button instead of the rebuild button. If you know what I'm saying, it's like they're just trying to do a quick yeah. turnaround rather than like let's just blow the doors down and blow it up, build it back. Because yeah. eight years, nine and a half, while you still have the ten mil with Kane and Taves, it's like damn. It's like it's pretty hard to it, if he has like a fifty-five to sixty point season come out of his ass, then. Who knows? Maybe it'll be worth it in the end. But yeah. right now, it's just like after his bad year. But but I mean, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it later. We're going to talk about it later. But an actual top three defenseman signed for only nine million, like yeah. six years, nine million. Arguably yeah, the best in the league. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just said top three. But yeah, like top three safe for sure. That was actually market value. Not Seth Jones. Uh, that was honestly, I'd say below market value. I think. Yeah, no. Been- yeah. If anything. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But um, a quick one that I think could be very beneficial to Columbus. They acquired Jake Bean 
uh, from Carolina for a 2021 second round pick. I think Jake Bean has a very high ceiling, and I think he could really help their uh, defensive depth. Uh, Columbus also acquired, once again, Jacob Voracek from Philly for forward Cam Atkinson. This one came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I was honestly very surprised by it. What are your uh, thoughts on this trade? And who do you know, think? Guess, how do you think? Who do you think won? Who do you think won? Yeah, it's kind of maybe just like a change of scenery. I, I I really don't have any like strong thoughts on it. They're both like second liners, probably making too much money. So I would say I would say Philly just because like Voracek's just gonna rot there for the next three years. Like they're not winning. So you know what I'm saying like. That's that's also why I don't, how do you not get assets for taking on Vorchek? But like maybe Cam Atkinson turns it around in Philly and they make the playoffs. So I'd say Philly has the best chance to win it. I think Philly won this trade because I think Cam Atkinson, I think he's still got a lot of. How old yeah, is I, he? Like thirty? Yeah, I he's not I he's old. Younger. I think yeah, I think yeah, he's still yeah, got. Vorchek's like thirty three. Yeah. I think Cam Atkinson is like better now, and I think he can really help Philly, like in terms of depth and scoring and stuff like that. So I, I like the trade for Philly, but um, we'll do the last one. The last one I was going to talk about was like kind of like a whatever, but last one I really want to talk about is uh, Florida acquires forward Sam Reinhart from Buffalo for goalie Devin Levi and a 2022 first round pick. I like this I like, trade I like for both teams. Yeah. I like it's cheaper both. Yeah, teams. yeah, no, definitely. Florida, they I, I have thought, Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky. What's that? Sorry. Yeah. I thought Buffalo honestly could have probably got more for Reinhardt. Like they could probably could have like first in a, a little bit better of a prospect. But yeah, it's it's definitely a win for both teams. Yeah, Florida, they're getting over the hump, and I think Sam Reinhardt. He came off one of his best seasons in Buffalo, which is very weird because Buffalo was obviously so yeah. ass last year, like twenty five goals or something. Yeah. Not too yeah. But uh, Devin Levi, he's played really good in the World Juniors, and they got a first-round pick out of it. So I, it's kind of hard to hate on that. It's, it's like the one. It's like the one win-win trade of like <laughs> out of all of these. The rest of them are like garbage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk uh, since we've kind of brought it up in the midst of the trades. But yeah, anyways, that's Trade Central. Lots happening. I'm glad we got to talk about yeah, basically no, all of them. But um, yeah. There are contracts signed, and there are contracts still to be signed. So we'll uh, go over the. I'll I'll tell all the ones that I have listed down here, and then we can kind of star some of the ones that are big and things I want to talk about. I dropped my pen. <laughs> all right. So Heiskanen signs in eight years, eight point four five million dollar average with the Dallas Stars. Brandon Carlo extends his contracts on six years, just over $4 million average. Kale McCarr, six years, $9 million average. Absolutely insane. Uh, Barkley Gujo, like we are talking about, signs for six years at $3.6 million a year with the New York Rangers. Adam Larson signs four years, $4 million average with Seattle. Uh, Chris Jeter as well goes to Seattle, three years, three and a half million dollar average. And for people wondering, um, those do account for the protect uh, unprotected players for Edmonton and Florida. So they didn't acquire other players from those in the expansion draft. Taylor Hall signs four years, 
a $24 million contract, $6 million a year with Boston. Mike Smith resigns in Edmonton, two years, $2.2 million a year. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, this was a while ago, but uh, signs eight years, just over $5 million a year. Uh, Joel Eriksson-Eck, obviously a while ago as well, eight years, just over five, like five and a quarter a year. Um, we talked about Seth Jones. Uh, Alex Martinez re-signs or extends three years, $5 million average. And Sam Bennett uh, signs four years, $4.4 million average. Quite the contracts being signed. Still a ton to come in U- uh, free agency starting on Wednesday when you guys are hearing this. But I'm going to kickstart it because I think this one set the precedent. And I think this one could be a bargain in a few years. And that's Mira Heiskin at just under eight and a half for eight years. He's one of the, I think he's top three of his age group in terms of defensemen. Yeah. And I think just over eight, just under eight and a half could be a bargain in a few years. Yeah. I think it's a really good deal. You obviously had to lock him up. He doesn't get like the glossy point totals of like a Fox and McCarr, but he's a lot more of a defensive defense. I mean, he's more of a two way guy, but yeah, I think it's really smart. It looks it looks great in terms if you compare it to a Seth Jones. It looks market value when compared to Kale McCarr. But overall, I think it's solid. I think it's pretty solid. Yeah, but um, out of the contracts that I listed, what one kind of sticks out to you, and what do you uh, want to talk about? I got to talk about the Barkley Boudreaux one. Yeah, <laughs> some more. Uh, yeah. Um, the the annual average honestly isn't that bad. I think it's like three points. Yeah. We yeah, talked about it in DMs. We love the yeah, annual values. Six so like, years for a 28-year-old bottom six. Again, it's like, did Tom Wilson sh- change the shape of this franchise to literally only prioritize grit? Like, dude, give him three years, 3.6, get him to 31, then he's probably going to be washed by them because he plays such a physical yeah. style of hockey. He's This, this screams he's going to get bought out or traded, for, uh, traded with a second-round pick in four years. I, it's such a stupid move. He might even get traded sooner if anyone. Yeah, is... yeah. If, if he has a bad first two years, you, you can't wait. You can't wait on a bottom yeah. six guy to turn it around at thirty. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I think it's a very risky uh, term. It's like a Louis Erickson term. It's yeah. just like I said. Louis Erickson was coming off such a good season when he said, "Yeah, it. It yeah." Like I like the player, but yeah, I don't know. That term was kind of sus. Yeah. That, 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 that's the contract that like Blake Coleman should get. Yeah. Not Barkley Goudreau. Blake Coleman's a lot better than we'll probably talk about him later, but uh, yeah, that's like a Blake Coleman deal. Blake. No, I, I totally agree. But uh, another one I want to touch on is Taylor Hall. He gets traded to Boston has a pretty decent postseason. I've always had the narrative that he's overrated in my opinion. Whenever I see him listed as like a top free agent, I'm like, okay, like, I get it. He won the heart, but he hasn't really done much after that. Yeah. He's needed like he ever since he was the guy in New Jersey, everyone listed that. Oh, get Taylor Hall. Like he can, it's like, he can't really like, he hasn't really been able to elevate any franchise he's been on since New Jersey. Yeah, definitely. So it's not taken away from his talent. I just think he's people overrate him a bit, but yeah, Taylor Hall, four years, $6 million average. I get it. He played well in Boston. He played good with Krejci. It's just a matter of bringing Krejci back. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, even if they don't, I think it's like $6 million really 
if he can just be a 55 point guy, not even as, as good as he was once he got there, if he can just be a 55 point guy for 6 million, that's a pretty good deal. The, the thing that makes me laugh is supposedly when he was in New Jersey after his heart season, he wanted to test the market. So he turned down like seven years, $10 million. Like he, he got paid because he was coming off a heart. So like he got yeah. an extension offer and he was, he lost a lot of money. I'd fire my agent if that happened to me. But yeah, I agree with you. He's he's no longer the guy that could put a team on his back. Or maybe he just never was. He just got lucky that one year. But he's a solid. He's a great second line wing, uh, left wing, though. I uh, I totally agree. And um, another one I want to talk about is Sam Bennett signing in Florida. I really think that this is a good fit for Sam Bennett and Florida. I think he bring like I think Florida is going to be a consistent playoff team for years to come. I think they got a lot of talent, especially with Barkov coming off of Selkie. Huberdeau is one of the more underappreciated players, and then Sam Bennett just brings a physical game that Florida was lacking, and Sam Bennett turned like he showed that it was important in the playoffs because Sam Bennett's known to been performing in the playoffs and i think that can really go a long way in terms of going on runs for mm. the foreseeable future yeah i think dude he he played like 10 games and had like 14 points he was great once he got it he was a perfect example of like just needed a change of scenery yeah. and now he plays on the second line with like verhage and them i think he can be i mean he only what do you get four years four mil what was it uh just on just under four and a half a year yeah dude i mean if he can just be a Again, like a 50-point guy, not even. Like he's – I thought he was done in Calgary. I thought they were more yeah. obviously traded like a – what was it, like a second-round pick for him. But I was clearly wrong. And, yeah, he he fits great in Florida. It's definitely risky because you're going off such a small sample size. But the, the potential was always there, and it seems like he finally reached it in Florida. Yeah, 100%. Totally agree with you there. But uh, we'll go on to uh, soon-to-be free agents. Yeah. This is a very exciting time, and uh, Dougie Hamilton currently sits at top of the list. By far. He's, he's by far the best for you. Yeah, opinion. so his current cap hit last season was 5.75, and he's 28 years old. What's your – um? We'll, say, we'll like talk about top five, um, and then we'll kind of dabble in other – free agents afterwards but yeah where do you what do you think about dougie hamilton and dougie where he hamilton, could possibly I, I go a, i have a high i, I don't think if, if carolina didn't want to pay nadelkovich like three and a half million i don't think they're going to shell out nine for carolina i have him in, in the video i dropped today um i have him going to new jersey believe it or yeah so much cap space they don't have they don't have like the veteran bona fide superstar guy and he's not like oh i think he's like 28 27 so like yeah, you know you're gonna get like five of him at like in a level and at some point they've been tanking for like i know they had the one taylor all year but they've been sucked for the past 10 years it's time that it's like finally ready to go and I think Dougie Hamilton's like that ideal franchise, that, that ideal franchise guy that you build around. And imagine Not you got around, but like be a leader. Imagine you get Ty Smith, Dougie Hamilton, Ryan Graves, and Luke Hughes. Yeah. Like even, even Severson is still, is still yeah. pretty good. But even like that's a solid defensive yeah. core, and they're all relatively young. Like Hamilton, I know he's 28, but like. Yeah, it's still. He'll be a, fine for a while. Yeah, and then you got Mackenzie Blackwood, who has a very high potential. 
And then he yeah. sure he had a little bit of an off year. He, he was great before that. Yeah, yeah like Nico, he sure Jack Hughes. Like, there's some excitement to come in in New Jersey, and I really, I agree with you. I think yeah. New Jersey is a very realistic landing spot for um, Dougie Hamilton. But uh, next guy I got on the list is good old Gabriel Landeskog um, from Colorado. His 2021 um cap it was just over five and a half a year he's 28 years old i i honestly don't i know he's like a very good player and very talented player but i don't see him getting more than eight i don't think he's yeah i think eight seven like, and a half eight seems yeah good. i think seven and a half eight he wants like nine and a half and i think that's way too much for colorado to pay i don't think it's worth it but I also think Colorado's lowballing him. I heard like six million dollars they're offering him, well, and I yeah, think that's, that's a bit that's, that's too low. Captain, yeah, a five so, hundred k raise. After yeah. yeah, so I just think that's too low. But what do you kind of got on uh, Landeskog and this kind of dispute going on in free agency? Where do yeah, you think really, he maybe lands? I really would have expected him to sign with Colorado because, like, he's it seems like he's been loyal. He's their captain. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's good as gone. I, I, I have him probably going to my Islanders and it because, because I mean, if you're Lou, you wouldn't expose Jordan Eberle and Josh Bailey to clear cap like that. If you didn't want to go hunt a big guy and it's scary because I think he's what, like 28, 29, 28. Yeah, he's yeah, 28. 28. I, I, I'd have a lot more faith in giving Dougie Hamilton that money. Landis Cog plays a very physical game and Let's be honest, at, on his line, he's the worst player. Still a really good player, but he definitely gets carried by McKinnon and Rantanen. So I think like seven years, seven and a half million would be pretty good for my Islanders if he could play with Matt Barzell. Actually, they probably still put Lee with Matt Barzell, but as a second line center with like Brock Nelson, I think he could be a good fit. Yeah. But he's, he's very risky. I think someone might overpay for him and it, it'll probably be my favorite team. So, but yeah, what do you think about it? I think he could end up on Seattle. I think if That's if, the, if the if this dispute goes on long enough, then I think like he might just get fed up and he's like, "Hey, Sakic, I'm sorry, but you're disrespecting me. Like, I th- I want to go get paid. Yeah, I was so I was playing that. Yeah. So it's like then Ron Francis. This could be one of his big free agent moves. He's like, "Hey, do you want like eight and a half a year? Like, close to nine? Like eight point seven five type of." thing and that might just like entice him like okay yeah i can yeah. maybe get the seven eight years like all that sorts of stuff but no i i think seven and a half is a fair number for landeskog and i think anything over eight is like a overpayment yeah. especially as he's pretty he's gonna get at least six years and yeah those n years are gonna be bought out or traded with a draft pick probably yeah i i'm in a complete agreement with you there but number three is um philip grubauer uh 29 years old his 2021 cap hit was 3.33 mil i think he is a more valuable piece to bring back than landis Gog. i think they should attack the goalie position more Definitely. just because of the season he did have and i think that you don't really have anything coming up in the pipeline so i think you should lock down your starting goalie position and then maybe look for the future afterwards but what do you see as a realistic cap pit for him and do you think he resigns with colorado yeah i mean i th- i agree with you that i'd rather keep grubauer than landis cog you saw in the bubble when 
it was like Landis Cog went down and then they had like they had bums playing. Uh, who was it? I forget. It's like they if they had Grubauer, they easily would have like won, made, made it to the Western Conference Finals, maybe even the cup. But um, so yeah, I think you definitely need to bring him back because finding a I, I'm a little bit lower on Grubauer than you, but I still think he's a top 10 goalie, no doubt. Yeah, and you're not just gonna get that in like you're gonna get rid of Grubauer than bring in Freddie Anderson, who has all those injury problems and stuff. Like, you're not gonna get nearly an equal piece. So I think I think yeah, sign him. Um, maybe like five million. I don't think that he he's he's definitely deserves a raise, but I don't think he's in like the the land the Vasilevsky Hellebuck type of like eight million makes sense. So I I'd probably say like four or five years, five million. I think it gets done though. I think it definitely gets done. No, I I'm in total agreement. And I think you're um a little overestimating my hype for Grubauer. All I'm saying is like I think he deserved to be in the Vesna conversation, but I don't think like I I he's not gonna get to a Vasilevsky level. Like I think yeah. I think he's a very solid like second tier goalie, and I think he's very deserving of the five to six mil max. But I think five 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 and a half is a very fair number for Grubauer. And I think four to five years is a very solid range as well, especially him being like 29. You don't want to carry him too far into his age. Oh, definitely not. No. So, but yeah, because I see him as like maybe being like a bit, uh, maybe like a tier higher, or maybe the same tier as Demko. And Demko's making like in the five million dollar range. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, yeah, he's definitely in like the second tier of the yeah. Level. So I think Demko is like on top of the third tier. Like I think he's definitely playing into a potentially elite goalie. I don't think he's yeah, there yeah. yet, but I think if five is fair for Demko, then I think five to six is fair for Grubauer. That's yeah, where I no, say. I agree with that. with that. But um, let's get to the fourth one. Uh, Philippe Deneau, center for the Montreal Canadiens, twenty-eight. His cap hit last year was. 3.083 what do you got yeah, I, what mean, you th- I, I made a video in my video i had him but i had him going to winnipeg based on like that they were going to get rid of paul statsney so that's that's off that's that's, 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 <laughs> that's that one of the already, one, like yeah. literally it happened 30 minutes after i was like all right video is gonna be fucking pointless now but um yeah. uh maybe he stays in montreal now that shea weber looks like he's going to the ltir maybe even retiring that that opens up like what, like seven and a half million dollars? I think. Yeah. Actually, he signed some monster deal that might have just been spread out, but it definitely opens up enough for him to slide in. Yeah. And I think they should. I mean, you saw him throughout the season and in the playoffs. Like, he is just a great two way center. You're not going to get like 55, 60 plus points from him, but you're going to get like 45 points and just good defense. And I think that's worth five, five and a half million. He, he's kind of like a my Islanders, JG Peugeot type. No, yeah, I, uh, I think it'd be a very good idea to bring Deno back. It's just a matter if Montreal wants to attack Eichel because I've heard they're true, true, they're true. in the mix. So I think they'd rather save the cap space because Deno is due for a raise around the five and a half mil range. So I think if they want to attack Eichel like seriously, then I think they stay away from Deno, even though I know he brings so much. But Eichel yeah. carries like over eight mil a year, so you need the cap space for him. But I think, I think ten. I think he's like ten or something. Oh, is he ten? I thought he was. I thought he was like eight and a half. I thought they got him early. And nah, I think I think like McDavid resigned. Then he was like, give me ten. Yeah, true. Yeah, but um, 
No, I, I think I liked Winnipeg for you as well. Like, I think that made sense. I've heard him possibly going to uh, L.A., but yeah, that's also a good fit. Yeah, so but I think he should stay in Montreal. I think that's the best fit for him, and I think they could really use him on like a two to three C role and really mm-hmm. helping out the young guys. It's just a matter of how serious they are for Eichel. So, yeah, definitely. See about that. But um, number five, and maybe we'll dabble with number six as well because we brought him up earlier. But number five is Tyson Berry. He had a he signed a one year three point seven five deal with Edmonton. He's 30 years old. He's I doubt he's going to get a long contract. I think five three, years at the most. Yeah, three, five, three, four would be. Yeah, I, yeah, four is a little. I'd stick to three. But yeah, where do you kind of see a fit for him? And I, th- I, th- I think he stays in Edmonton. I think they kind of chose Larson over Barry. I, I, yeah. I think I think Barry like is very overrated. The the advanced stats show that like yes he is good offensively, but he's kind of a black hole on defense. Like no offense, like I could probably roll out there and score twenty five points playing the power play with McDavid and Leon. Well, so he like- was like the first defenseman to lead the league in scoring at his position and not receive Selkie vote. Or a Norris vote. Yeah, because it's it's all he gets a lot of power play cookies. He's, yeah, he's he's dropping the puck at their blue line for McDavid, and he's going coast yeah. to coast, and it's just like, and obviously, like you said, the advanced stats, like he's not amazing defensively. So it's like, how much are your points like legit, like done by yeah. you? But no, no exactly. I yeah, I think I, he's, I wouldn't resign him, but I think they probably give him like yeah three years. Four and a half seems about right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't go more than four and a half. Yeah. I don't think he's I, as bad as people say. Like the, again, like the advanced stats nerds act like he's like the worst thing to ever happen to the sport. But um, like yeah, I he's just not a guy that I would want on my team. He's like he's like Keith Yandel. Like I'd bring him in to run the power play, but you can't throw him out there for like twenty four minutes a night in in like a prominent defensive role. Yeah. No, I uh, I agree with you. I agree with you there. But uh, last uh, UFA will bring up is Blake Coleman. His cap hit last year is 1.8 mil. He's 29 years old, plays on the wing. I think that like this is a type of player that you can get at a bargain. Definitely. I think you can, like 29 years old, like he he's a good, effective third line player. Like at the lowest, like I, I he's the type of player that can play up and down the lineup. If someone's hurt on the first line, then you can quickly bump him up, bump him up to Definitely. first if you don't want to sort mix up too many lines but Blake Coleman um yeah I uh Seattle maybe just to bring some fire to some depth he's got some veteran presence he's won back-to-back cups so he knows what it takes to win and I think around three and a half I'd give Coleman maybe I'd probably around three or honestly four and a half I think he's that guy he had like 32 points in like 50 games this year I think he can be. I think he can even be a second line guy that that yeah. gets you fifty points. He's that good, in my opinion. Uh, where I'd have him going, I think like I, I predict him to the Dallas. I think he could be a great like, oh. forward. Yeah, imagine him have, playing with like Rupe Hints or yeah, yeah, like he's like, the perfect yeah. like Garyanov or something. Yeah, like their their top end skill with his grit. Like he's kind of like a Zach Hyman type, but he hasn't had the opportunities that Zach Hyman's had in like Toronto, so we haven't really seen him at his full ability. So, yeah, I like him a lot. I think he can easily be like, when we look back on the free agency, like this free agency, like, oh, he only got 
as you said, maybe even three and a half, like how he's a 50 goal guy and plays yeah. great defense. I think he'll be, he'll be the steal. So, some, some like mid, he could take like, I mean, not like himself, but like if like a mid tier contender gets him, he can help them take them to like the contender level. Yeah. It's uh it's going to be very exciting to see where these guys go. There's obviously a ton more free agents we can talk about. We could go for hours and hours and hours upon this, but who is like kind of, who, who's kind of a player that's kind of flying under the radar and you think could be really effective on their new team or their current team? Damn, it caught me off guard. Um, who do I think's like essential for a team to resign? Uh, I would have said Adam Larson probably. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm not too sure. You, you you look like you probably got someone pulled up or something, so you hit me with it. Mike Riley, defenseman, Ooh, 28 years one. old. Yeah. I think he can be really effective on like even like a contending team or like a rebuilding team. Bring him on like a like a barkley Goudreau contract like i think it's better yeah. for his age because he, yeah. And he's, yeah he's an effective defenseman who played well on boston when he came over and especially ottawa as well like i think he can yeah. he can play really well like even if you just buff up the depth on philly like bring him over like really sure up that defense uh maybe even like if boston can find the space to re-sign him because he played well there winnipeg i think he could fit well in winnipeg like yeah, I think Mike Riley could be a good cheap piece for someone to yeah. bring in and just like sure up their defensive core because he's not yeah, too old either. Like twenty eight years old, like defensemen last for like forever, especially if you're not like a physical defenseman. Like I think a he's like a Keith Yandel kind of player. Like he's not, so I think he can kind of age well and like he's well defensive to last in the league, yeah, like, in my opinion. Like four years, three point five, like yeah. second pairing. Can get you like thirty-five points a year. Yeah, like that a lot. So that's kind of who I got. But uh, you ready to go into the entry draft and kind of finish off this yeah, podcast yeah, sure, talking sure. about some uh, entry draft stories? But uh, as expected in the NHL entry draft, Owen Power goes number one to Buffalo. He was kind of expected for quite a bit now, especially playing in the World Championships this year and playing well. Uh. Luke Hughes joins brother Jack in New Jersey going number four. Did you see the video of him getting Love drafted? That. Yeah, they're going nuts. Yeah. yeah, that was like an all time. Oh, yeah. Like you saw the excitement great. in Jack. You saw yeah, the excitement. Jack was more excited. Oh, I know. 100%. <laughs> but no, That's I think, great. yeah, they both realize how far it's going to be playing with each other, but. Also, you see Shane Doan's kid got drafted to Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. That's that cool, was yeah. that was cool to see. Uh, Kirby Doc's younger brother got drafted to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of uh, family and relative reun- yeah. being reunited from this draft. But there is a big controversy coming from this draft, oh, including yeah, the team that. One of two teams that uh, made the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Um, you got a 50% chance of getting it right, 100% chance if you actually paid attention. Montreal decides to take Logan Maguire with the 31st overall pick. Michael, I'll let you take this away since you got some. You, yeah. sh- you uh, got the rust off by making a video on it. So yeah, you take I, it away. It's, it's just such a 
stupid, poor, bad taste move. It's just kind of gross. Like Mark Bergevin just chose hockey over serious issues. And like on my video, Habs fans just saying like, I guess he doesn't deserve a chance. Like he just made him like, yes, he made a chance. But again, he wanted to get drafted. It wasn't like, like he's not canceled. But the whole thing was, and he even said it, let me prove myself and come back and get drafted next year. No one was canceling this guy. No, even, even when he, no one was like, you should never play in the NHL. Even he knew he needed to take responsibility and become a better person. Instead, he like, I'm not saying there was no consequences for his actions because I'm sure his reputation is damaged. I'm wrong, but like Montreal, you, there, there, were, there was the clip. I don't know if you saw it, like the scouting director. And they were like, if he didn't think he earned the chance to get drafted, why do you think he did? And the guy was literally left speechless. It was yeah. unreal. So yeah. like they, they, and first off, how do you not even have an answer prepared for that? You draft this guy, you know, fucking answer for that. But um, yeah, it's just just such a taste moving. I have, uh, and like the other thing, the other excuse was, oh, other teams would have taken him. Dude, that's like I would have been just as bad if like the Flyers took him in the second round. Yeah. Like, like it's such like a, it's just such a stupid. And there's also like they're trying to say like. We took him because we think that we have some respect and some dignity. It's wrong. Yeah. That's my rant. That's my rant. Yeah. So for people who don't know, uh, Mayu playing over in Sweden was fine. Yeah. <laughs> was <laughs> No, I, I didn't even like, all I said was that they took him. I didn't even explain what happened, but. Logan Mayu, he was fined for sharing sexually explicit photos of a woman without her consent. Um, Mayu stated that he didn't want to be drafted so he could grow as a person and take the year to learn from his mistakes. Despite that, Montreal still took him anyway with the 31st pick of round one. And yeah, I just think it's it's irresponsible of Montreal to do this because you see with what come out came out of Chicago with the sexual assault yeah. like allegations and stuff and Actually, Mark Bergman was, I was in the organization I was just about to say who Literally. was a part of that team and as president of hockey ops Mark Bergman yeah. it just seems like he's carrying this reputation of not really representing an organization well and he yeah. had like I just think this was a very irresponsible pick, especially when a player basically revoked himself from the draft because he, when a player says, don't draft me, I want to work on myself and you still draft him. And you could say he can work on himself as a being a part of this team. It's like, it's almost like selfish at that point. It's like, stop thinking about the future of your team for a second and let the kid actually build as a person because yeah, everyone makes mistakes. And this kid just made a really, really bad one. And it's, you got to put hockey aside for five minutes and really think like if other teams decide to take them, that's just bad on them. Like, let's do the right thing. And it's, it's like this guy was like first overall, like a lock. If it was like, I'm not, I'm not trying to justify it, but if like this happened with Connor McDavid, I would kind of understand why you would take it because he's so good, but this guy could easily like play 10 games in the NHL and suck. It's not worth the PR and nightmare. Yeah. It's just a scummy thing to do. So yeah, I, and it's also like, it's with this kid, it's like the woman's come out and said, she's like, all I want is like a heartfelt apology from him. And like, yeah, and basically it's not like all is forgiven, but it, it'll help 
bury the hatchet. Yeah, and like he sent like he just sent like a three sentence like yeah, and it's just like he's yet yeah. to do that. So it's like I know it's yeah, might yeah. be part of the whole process of building himself as a person, but it's like he's hasn't he didn't want to get drafted. He wanted to work on himself. Bersvan has to respect that, and because it'll help him, it'll help the team, and yeah. it'll just help the kid. Just because. People are looking at it. like I was explaining this to my dad. He's like, if that happened to my daughter, your sister, and the guy still got drafted in the first round, be I'd be pissed yeah. because the kid, you're not, you're not giving him. It's almost like a There's get out of jail free card. Yeah, it's like he's not getting shown. It's like, hey, yeah, you don't deserve to be drafted because of what you did. It's like if you still draft him, it's like okay, well, it's like I can, I can what can't i do it without getting a penalty yeah, for it yeah as, right? as, as, as long as i'm good enough on the ice who cares about what i do off the ice yeah exactly like, so it's not me. it's not a good look and it kind of sets up the future of montreal like not ideal for no the yeah there should be a lot of scrutiny right <laughs> any player that does something off the ice is going to be amplified 10 times yeah a lot of people are already saying jake for to montreal <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that would be the most tone death that i would I wouldn't say I'd respect it, but like I'd almost respect him going full villain and just like oh my god, like playing the role, like yeah, yeah, just lean into it, fucking WWE villain. Yeah, because Montreal's my second favorite team. My dad's always been a Habs fan, so I kind of cheer for yeah. them. I always yeah. cheer for them when Canucks don't make the playoffs. Like yeah, yeah, I respect it. They're my they're my second favorite team, but like seeing this, it's just like oh, come yeah. on, like just, it was it was just grossing how many I did have like a fair share of Habs fans that in my comments saying like like yeah I'm disgusted, but like a lot were just thinking of any excuse to defend it, anything, everything yeah. in the book they tried, and I was just like, dude, just look yourself in the mirror. You know that it's a pretty scummy thing to do. Come it, on, be honest it, with yourself. It was not the right pick, and it just it shouldn't have happened. So hopefully, and, and, and the worst thing is, it basically it became like the story of the draft. You know what yeah. I'm saying like like Owen Power, yeah, like the main thing. That's just such a bad look for the league first draft on ESPN. So bad. Yeah, it's not it's not a good look, and I hope that like I don't think it's going to be like a Mitch Miller kind of thing where like Arizona just like basically yeah, gets no. rid of him be, just because of like if he had the guts to take him knowing what happened yeah and it's like okay you're obviously not going to get rid of him but it's like you sh this shouldn't have happened like you shouldn't have picked him but yeah and also i think that was that was more of a character thing this was definitely bad but wasn't that guy's thing like he bullied some like mentally challenged kid oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like that 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 that's absolutely irredeemable. And, and like sharing pictures are, but that's only picture. Like, I, 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 sh I yeah. shouldn't even talk about. I shouldn't even be comparing. And, and I don't think Mitch Miller apologized either. Like he refused to yeah, apologize. No. That was yeah, that was terrible. But uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we finish oh, I mean, off this podcast? We've been going for like a fat hour forty plus. I, I yeah. think we touched on damn near everything. So oh, it was great doing it though. This was a lot of fun, but. Yeah. Michael, before we end off, we do a little something on this show called Time for the Press where people send in questions. Yeah, I tagged yeah, you in the story yeah. today. Um, we got three or two questions, um, both literally basically the exact same thing, so I'll kind of tie them both together. This comes from Hayden Barton and Garrett Arobko. Knowing how KD won his championship versus how Giannis won his, 
who would you say is better at the moment or all time? And Garrett said, is Giannis the best player in the league right now? Yeah, definitely. Yes. To Giannis best player in the league. I, yeah, I've had him for the past two years. He just didn't have the playoff success, but I always thought he was the most talented, most two way best player. Um, no, I mean, Giannis is, there's no debate. Giannis is rings like mean more. I'd say because he didn't I agree for the soft way. And then was all time, all time. Kevin Durant still better just because he's had like six more years in the league. Um, in like, yeah, two more times. Yeah. He's just been more dom. Like ever since he stepped in the league, like, 2010 he was all nba like all that so but i mean when it's all said and done i think katie's probably going to finish top 15 i'd say but Giannis could easily finish yeah. top 15 but right right now katie's ahead but i'm a big Giannis guy big Giannis guy yeah i at the moment and all time i think katie is the better player just because I think he has more in his toolbox like i think he can yeah. still like pull it up from the three he has that like mamba mentality as people Definitely. say like he has the clutchness in him he's able to take that last shot he was one long toenail away from sending the nets <laughs> to the final like yeah. eastern conference final so it's like i yeah i think kd is better right now just because yeah you know, like he's like 13 feet at the peak of his jump shot like he's yeah. nearly unguardable if it wasn't for the torn achilles right now who knows what he could have done. He probably would have won another chip with Golden State versus Toronto yeah, if he didn't get hurt. But yeah, I think KD right now is better. But I think Giannis is easily top five in the league right now. Probably top three. Yeah. Like you know, they, I'm not going to disagree with yeah. anybody that has him and LeBron, like LeBron and KD ahead of him. My thing with Giannis is just like he's great. He's 29, three, 13 and five on offense. And then He's a he's the depoy. He was the depoy yeah. on defense. Yeah. Like I, 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 no doubt, like blast out of the game going KD. Offense just in general going with KD. But I think Giannis's impact on both sides of the game, how good he is on both sides, makes him my. Well, I think he's the best player in the league. I I still think KD. He's very solid on the defensive floor. Like he yeah, would no, always. No, he's not bad. Yeah, no, really. he would always guard the best player. Mind you, if the positioning was right, like I don't think KD is yeah. going to be guarding Steph, but. I see. I feel like I feel like since the Achilles, like this year, it's really hampered him. He was kind of stopped, like which I respect. Like save your energy for offense, but yeah, he's not this. Him in his prime, though, yeah, he was like a top fifteen defender in the league. No, yeah, but yeah, Giannis is yeah. Like we've talked about his resume at the beginning. Like he's already all time final. The finals MVP, chip, back to back MVP, Depoy, most improved player, five time All NBA list goes on like you can talk about it yeah for a bunch but yeah katie in my opinion is better at the moment and all time but i mean Giannis is like right there it's not like it's not it's so close it's, yeah, if, 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 if you asked this like last year people probably would have laughed but after that if, title if Giannis had if Giannis had a more consistent mid-range then i can maybe put him over but i still think that he's hey, a little yeah, I I still think he's a little one-dimensional on offense where KD he can drive and shoot the three and mid-range like he's dangerous That's all right. over the floor, which is why and he's good defensively, which is why I put him ahead. But I mean, it's only one offseason. It's easier to like it's better to have the athleticism down than a jumper cuz it's not easy to develop a jumper, but you can do it. You can't yeah develop yeah. athleticism give, 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 give me raw talent over skill i guess yeah. 
Yeah, no, nah, yeah. Give me raw, raw athleticism yeah. more skill. Exactly. But um, Michael, man, this was this was so much fun. Thank yeah, you so dude, much for hopping it, it on. It doesn't man. feel like an hour forty five. Feels like we've been doing this for thirty minutes. Yeah, this is oh. great. Um, this is your time to shine. Let the people know where they can follow you, find you on social media. Plug away, brother. Yeah, Instagram, Instagram, and TikTok. M Bon Hockey, M B on Hockey. Um, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, YouTube, just Michael Barner. Just follow me there. Keep me, keep up sharing the love. I don't know what I'm even fucking saying right now, but this was great. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, guys, definitely go follow him on Instagram and TikTok. It's some of his videos are very, like, I guess, listener or viewer interactive. You reply to a lot of yeah. comments, oh, and yeah. it's I'm like ba- I battle in the comment no, section. I but, battle the comment section. But <laughs> you you really give your takes and stuff, and it's actually a very entertaining page um, yeah, to follow. Are you so on TikTok? If, are you on TikTok? I I need to post more. Yeah, dude. But get on I, it's easy. I I I need to be a little bit more consistent with the uploads. I've been lacking lately. I just working full time, and I've been kind of it's uh caught up to me. But I'm gonna definitely try and post more um on social media in general but you guys know where to follow me on instagram and twitter at jevin.lefave on instagram at jevin.lefave on twitter find everything for the show on instagram twitter and tiktok at left side heavy underscore yeah like i said earlier i've been lacking with uploads but uh don't worry i'm gonna be coming back better than ever promise you that but intro outro music is savage by tom ivory featuring six man be sure to follow, uh, check them out on wherever you get your music. Um, no, but Mike, I appreciate you coming on. This is yeah, a lot dude, of fun. Thanks. Anytime, anytime. This is great. We'll definitely be in contact over the off season more and more. Yeah, but, no, no. uh, but yeah, thank you for coming on once again. And as for the listeners, stay sweet and we'll see you guys next time. I just got to let go. Went from ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friend zone. There's no need for discussion, I just really love how you get low But I'm dipping, I'm cutting the shorty, ain't worth being ten toes, ten toes I, I just gotta let go, call me a Benzo, paid all cash, I won't take no rentals, killing my vibe